welcome to Buildings of Tomorrow. My name is John Lester, and in today's episode, we are talking about artificial intelligence, everything AI and how we are using AI and what are the next steps for AI in this industry around infrastructure and buildings. I'm very happy to be joined today by Uli Voltinger. He is the Associate VP of AI at Siemens Advanta and the Technical Fellow of Siemens AI Labs. On top of that, he also hosts uh, and creates his own podcast called Human and AI. So I really do suggest if you're interested in this topic, go and check it out because he has great conversations with colleagues uh, and compatriots around the industry as well. Uli, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, John, thanks very much. What, what a welcome. Oh, man, awesome, right? That, that, this is how a, a day should start. Right? This is how a day should start. <laughs> you know, it should make you feel good. But, uh, you know, also at the same time, a lot of words to that only say such a small piece of, 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 you know, let's say the knowledge and the expertise you bring to this topic. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited for the chat. So am I. So, so let's let, let's start a little bit with AI. It's something that we've spoken about before. Of course, AI is is something of a buzzword or or a topic that we hear a lot about. Uh, you know, whether it's from you know, from companies talking about what they do, or whether it's from from other technology that we use in our daily lives. If we look a little bit at the the, the AI space today uh, and, and artificial intelligence in this corporate space, in this technology space, in this industrial and infrastructure space, where are we up to? How are we traveling mm. uh, in implementation and really using this technology effectively? Yeah, that's a big one, right? AI has been quite, quite, quite on hip and hype, actually. You know, on both levels, and I think it's it's you know established itself as an, a key enabling technology uh, on the board level and the company strategy, in which we see on AI first strategies and AI first companies narratives around that. And if if we look a bit closer, then we can see that we are somehow on the convergence of uh, value change, what I call the AI and IoT, which is, uh, from my t- perspective, separated in two different pillars. One aspect are the enterprise AI uh, aspects, like harnessing AI and automation to transform somehow the business processes, sales forecasting, demand forecasting, automation scenarios. Mm-hmm. And the second one is the industrial AI perspective, which is more harnessing AI and control technologies, you know, to thrive for the transformation of industrial applications. And my, I would say that the combination of it, it the, the connection of both sides, enterprise and industrial world, right, is that what enables us the business models and the scaling across uh, the value chain in that but obviously somehow the ai magic happens in you know in those kinds of nice hotspots where you know human needs are somehow you know positioned but also human expertise is leveraged so this kind of combination makes it quite nice in in providing value Mm -hmm. and if we look down on a bit of an enterprise uh, level then we see that most of the enterprises you know start their ai journey right, towards an AI operating model, right? But if you then see how many of these initiatives, PUCs, prototypes, you know, projects um, have been actually then ending up at, at the value, at the, at the deployment, at an operationalization that we see that only 10% actually of right. these kinds of aspects are actually uh, leveraging that value out there. That's a really interesting fact to see that only 10% are making it. And do we see a difference across different industries or different applications that people are trying to achieve some things and, and they work more often than not and, and trying to achieve other things and they never work? How do you see that perspective? 
Yeah, that's a good one. So um, I see two different sides. So you see the small and medium enterprises. I think they struggle rather on, on the ROI, what we call the return mm -hmm. on invest. You know, investing a couple of hundred Ks or tens of Ks of uh, more five-digit numbers or six-digit numbers in something to explore is a hell of money. So um, here, it's it must be clear, you know, what is the return on mm -hmm. that invest in, in these kinds of aspects? And one of good partner setups in helping, you know, joining that because they maybe not have an own data science and AI team, an expert, the competence center, right? But, uh, you know, demand on, uh, you know, uh, motivation, but also capabilities and clear structure on the return on site. Large operations, you know, and enterprises struggle rather on the end-to-end -end solution, I would say. You know, they are, you have all this massive, you know, of IT infrastructure. You never give up an ERP system and then whatsoever system, right? And therefore, you know, going end-to-end -end in an API-first paradigm is of its importance, but still struggling on that, right? Uh, overall, I think on, on an executive level, right, we see a bit of a foundation level which has three different uh, elements in that. The one is the aspiration of scalable returns. Um, you know, if you, if you draw, I'm a bit I'm consulting now here, right? But McKinsey's, you know, values AI around 3.5, maybe to 5 trillion US, right? Which can be unlocked to AI. Obviously, board members want to have part of the shares and say like, hey, how does that contribute to our boards and bills, right? The second aspect is the industrial grade aspects and design aspects of that. You know, um, most recently, the European Commission, you know, launched uh, the seven key requirements um, that AI systems should meet. That means it's also not only benefits, but also it demands some requirements in terms of safety, explainable, security, mm -hmm. and these kinds of aspects. So industrial grade is a difference than just deploying a consumer tech product. And the third one is, I think we will see a lot, is meaningful attention. You know, and most recently, the Nature paper, you know, um, motivated um, that 79% uh, of all SDG targets, sustainable development goals, right, can be positively impacted by AI. And that means technology and let's say uh, and or with purpose, as, you know, Siemens somehow puts us, the, like the combination of a meaningful intention of technology and innovation and a good responsible business, um, has entered not only as a narrative, the boardrooms of corporates, but AI is playing a vital part in that. And that's super exciting. Yeah, that is really exciting, especially when you start to talk about that scope and 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 when you discuss the enterprise targets and so the business functionality, then the industrial targets, which are more on processes. When you start to put it in the scope of sustainability goals, as an example, which we know impacts every single piece mm -hmm. of this, it starts to tie these two worlds together somehow. Which, which also brings up some of those challenges like you described, that end-to-end -end requirement, uh, you know, the, the challenge to really take an approach that broad uh, and that holistic uh, for a small to medium-sized enterprise. Uh, you know, this is a, these are not small challenges to undertake, especially as you, you bring in that point of, of once you start deploying this in a, in a more productized manner, the requirements, the security, the, 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 the consistency, the reliability all start to come into play mm. more and more. Mm. How, like, w when we take a look at the industry in general, so, you, you know, this is where we're up to today. And, and we know that this is something that we've been trying and, and doing more of. And you mentioned 
even with all of the pilots and all of the proof of concepts that we have, 10% really make it into something that works. Where are you seeing improvement? You know, where are we having some wins uh, and where are we getting better as an industry in deploying and leveraging this technology? Um, yeah, so um, I think we we can separate again to three three different kind of paradigms. The one I call digitalization on steroids. The second one is automation on steroids, and the third one is correlation on steroids. You know, digitization on steroids. Right? I think the current pandemic posed very effect- effectively and efficiently as a magnifying glass where the improvement spots <laughs> and levers in digital technology mm-hmm. can be there. Right? Gaining through smart automation. Automation obviously is something which uh, once you have digitized processes, which which helps you uh, enabling it further and, and gaining more out of it. And correlation of steroids, right, is something which adds probabilistic uncertainty estimation in the vital role, right? Identification, classification, forecasting, prognosis, and semi or autonomous control. Um, so that's that's quite quite an awesome um, aspect. And with us along, right, the major challenge that we had prior was, you know, a limited few of the portfolio, limited few of the assets, limit visibility, let's say, in, in building on carbon footprint or on asset performance, on asset tracking. Mm-hmm. A lot of data was in silos and these kinds of aspects. Now we enter more and more uh, the level of, you know, uh, of the AIoT, and that means, you know, connecting devices. And we are moving from connecting the people paradigm, you know, social media and, and social networks, uh, which I call the embodiment stage of machine intelligence. So we have smart devices which has something in there, right, which uh, guides us through the daily journey now to a increasing level of machine autonomy, right? Currently, we estimated 21 billion active connected devices worldwide. It's estimated at 30 billion of IoT connections. So that means, you know, four IoT devices per person on average by 2025, right? Which leading use cases are still predictive maintenance, quality inspection, Manufacturing process, supply chain, and uprising will be a hot stack AI driven cybersecurity. And that means, from the data silos perspective and the data availability, which is pivotal and key in leveraging you know, value out of data. Mm-hmm. We had some improvement, and not only on connectivity, but also on the semantic side understanding domains, understanding vocabulary, and the semantic connection to each other. And I think this brings us to the to the point that we are currently, obviously, would say we are living in a data-driven society. Uh, so that means for the first time in history, we can see enough about ourselves and our, <laughs> our places and products uh, where, you know, we can, you know, rethink buildings, where we can rethink infrastructure, where we can rethink problems mm-hmm. and, and products around that. And I think Jeff Merritt from the, uh, the BAF actually put it very nicely, right? Connected device um, makes our life easier and we s- need to see AI and IoT as a design language, Right. When we suddenly have the capability in having real-time data, so you're not actually taking guesses, right? What what could be an option, but you can just act in real time, and this is uh, this is pretty dope, right? Mm-hmm. And this is pretty awesome because that means um, complexity, you know, is a lot of complexity can be automated, 
um, you know, lights out in the workplace or, you know, smart, smart conditions, smart experiences in, in, in buildings and stuff like that. And some of them, you know, will lead to a dramatic shift in improved and awesome experience. And this is where, you know, data, semantic and AI, especially predictions come into place where I say like, that's pretty dope. Yeah. And, and what you just described there, I guess, is a challenge that, that whether it's AI related or just data related, this is something that the industry has been struggling with for a long time, right? We're, we're, we're so much better at collecting information, but actually using it and turning it into something valuable, turning it into actions has always been a challenge. You mentioned semantics uh, or semantic mm -hmm. data tagging and, and approaches to understand and, and automatically, uh, you know, un, you know, get some insight and start to leverage this information is such a big step towards that. And that last point you mentioned where we start to shift away from some of the standard applications where we talk about predictive maintenance and, and making estimations to actually driving this stuff real time. How do we make that mindset shift when we're, when we're still not there yet in, in the applications that we have already defined as a focus? How do we get ourselves then to start putting our, our, our minds in the place to start talking about real time? Uh, activations like this and, and moving past the, the estimations, the predictive approach and starting to talk about real-time automation. Yeah, so that means more in, into the actually applications aspects, right? And then that, you know, I think the motivations are there. If you if you open up the world and look out there, right, then you see that, you know, traditional industrial technologies, you know, um, come, you know, uh, are increasing more important and are fused with uh, digital technology, distributed cloud computing, right, and stuff like that. And they passed somehow the way what I would say the sustainable future, right? If you look on, on the cities aspect, right, energy amount resulting in CO2 emissions, right, it's uh, counting more than, I don't know, 70, 78% probably, right, of the energy consumption, 70% of our CO2 emissions come from there. Heating, cooling, ventilation, right, pivotal aspects, actually a big lion's share in that kind of energy in the mod. So the other question is, you know, how can we use responsibly these technologies and the elements that we have, connectivity, data, semantics, in order to enable that. And um, that means, you know, working not only alone, right? And that means a mindset of not only test and try and, and, and failure culture, which is a bit of, you know, uh, most frequently <laughs> being said, but actually, you know, how do we, how do we shape communities um, together in, for us as industrial player to make transparent what the challenges are And for us also, given other colleagues outside, the, the partners, the students, and you know, the enablement with working with data, working on these talents and making a difference and moving them from just a pure cat classifier on a, you know, a synthesized data set to a real world champion, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, challenge. And a couple of examples where I think it's quite nice is most recently we launched the city performance tool aspects that more on the let's say asset transparency aspects again so um, you know how what are the indication of infrastructure what kind of uh, decisions may influence what kind of implements or um, growth or infrastructure sector so that's getting a know and knowledge about that and this is also what I think the expert team has made uh, absolutely kudos to you if you listen here you know what makes you the team around you uh, makes really awesome um, to see where you know on real time is which data mm -hmm. and how we can leverage it 
I think the second one is especially in compute, right? Data centers are quite quite heavy being used, right? And I think this, you know, using machine learning to reduce the cooling energy demand, right? This is a partnership actually with Vigilant, right? Um, on power uh, uses effectiveness with a hard KPI, but I think man, you save energy by, you know, cooling the right aspects and cold islands and hot islands. Using machine learning technology for that is pretty dope, actually, to be honestly. And it has quite some impact because ICT communication and with that, the need for compute will just increase. So making smart AI in there is awesome. Uh, third, maybe air quality detection, right? Um, obviously react and prognosis, but also, uh, you know, putting as we did it in the city of London, right? Um, maneuvering um, and, and getting transparency, but also obviously predicting and, and imp improving the service procedures there. Visual quality inspection for assets using drones or, um, you know, mapping risks um, in order to improve service fleets or, you know, investment spending. So vision, especially in AI, gives us the eye, obviously, in the field. And yeah. That's pretty dope. And maybe last but not least, uh, the building. Uh, I think that's a pretty dope project also in Siemens. Kudos to Siemens Technology and the smart infrastructure folks here because it's awesome. Um, a building digital twin, which is what is exactly, so it's actually a knowledge graph, so a graphical representation of the assets, which powers the relation of, you know, unified and semantic typified information. It's using design information like IFC format, you may want to mm. know. Uh, the information of the allocation of the rooms, but also in combination with time series sensor information. And from a data geek as me, uh, as I am, <laughs> that, that's pretty awesome because I've seen that's one of the largest knowledge graphs initiatives apart maybe from the energy twin, right? Which shows, you know, how we can enable applications. We call them uh, companions on top of this repository. Yeah, awesome. What I love those two or three, well, those those three or four uh, examples that you just gave in different applications. That the best thing about many of them is they they build upon you know so many of the technologies that are almost standard for the industry, but they they add additional knowledge, they add additional capabilities, which enable us to do those jobs better. And that's that shift away from the standard automation, the the standard design of a control system. And start to enable that control system to take actions and in an autonomous manner and, and make those chases. So you talked about uh, you know the compute uh, demand and, and data centers becoming more and more uh, driven also by by different uh, data regulations, etc. We start to see data centers being being put in many more places in many different ways, from small to medium, not just the you know the really massive scale. And, and all of them still have the, this challenge to try and tackle, whether they're a huge piece of infrastructure or small. And you also mentioned the expo, which I really like because I know there there was a big part and I haven't had the chance to visit. So anyone out there that's listening that has had the chance, uh, I'm a little bit jealous, but uh, I, I do know these sustainability uh, spaces where you can go in and you get some real-time information about how many people are, are in that certain space and then what the impacts and, and what's possible to really achieve using different technologies and learn from that information in real-time and show the impacts of that. Uh, you know, I think that's they're just really exciting examples where we do make that shift away from from making some decisions uh, on a theoretical perfect world, uh, designing a system to run in a certain way, and then setting it free. Mm. Even though this is better than than not having them, of course, uh, bringing in this 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 learning capability and 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 maybe a simple question, but an important one is from your perspective: is this the difference? Is is this what what those applications where we could say, listen, if you had someone sitting there, if you had the knowledge and the capabilities and you would then make a decision uh, in a different way or make a change, are they, those the applications and the opportunities where, where AI really uh, is ready 
for us to take action to to at least investigate those those opportunities and check out what we can try and achieve when you get these different people together and we start to have this collaboration is is that a reasonable assumption yeah i i would say so right this is this is what um um also the demand of the younger generation um, I see. Uh, we launched different, um, uh, you know, formats from a residency program, research residency, business residency, residency program. Um, and a lot of the questions of the younger folks who can maybe choose their employees right away, choose the companies, right? It's, it's, we are applying for talents out there, not the talents apply for the company here, right? And, um, the main question is, uh, you know, how do you, first of all, how do you make sure that you're, you're, that I'm not crushed by politics <laughs> because large organizations are, um, aspects, but, uh, actually in the first discussions, you know, how can make a, how can I make a difference? with my capabilities and my competences in machine learning and AI that I can work on real world challenges. And I think this is, you know, this is where we are at. This is where we need to put responsibility and accountability on our side as well to make sure that we extend state of the art research and applications, but on real world grounded, you know, challenges that make a difference in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And and there is no, you know, we've talked a lot about sustainability today. There is no bigger challenge uh, that has more impact on our way of life, but also that is affected by so many of the things that we do in our daily lives or or consume in our daily lives or expect from, from our modern society. So I think there's, if we're looking for those real world examples, uh, the, you know, the challenge that we have as a society ahead of us from a sustainability perspective is as big as it gets. Uh, and and there, we will never run out of those challenges, I assume, as there are more of us on the planet, uh, as we find ourselves in a, in a different climate uh, with challenges ahead of us, those, those questions that we need to try and take action on will continue to come around. Um, Uli, thank you so much. Uh, I had a great conversation or I had a great chat from my perspective. I really enjoyed uh, listening to you and, and, and learning a little bit. I really hope that we can do this again because I get the feeling we're scratching the surface somehow. Um, so I'd love to have you back at some point and, and talk a little bit more. John, thanks very much. It was, it was really fun. Time is flying, right? <laughs> but we're well, looking forward. And uh, this is a problem. We, we try, we set up this, this short approach. Uh, we say, Hey, let's, let's uh, have shorter conversations so people can listen through them. But then before we even get started, we have to finish somehow, but we'll find a new, a new way to get there. And, and anyone out there who is listening and, is interested and, and enjoy what uh, what Uli had to talk about, really do go and check out Human and AI. Uh, it's a great podcast uh, and really not just Uli and his knowledge, but some great voices from across the industry that also bring their expertise and different insights in not just in, in AI, the technology, but how it is applied, those applications that we talked about, and also some of the challenges like, uh, you know, how, how and where should we use it and what do we have to take into into consideration from a society perspective and also a governance perspective uh, when we start talking about artificial intelligence. So so go and check that out. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, until our next conversation, Uli, thank you so much. Uh, have a great uh, afternoon. I hope the sun continues to shine and we'll speak to you very soon. Thanks, Matt. And a very quick thank you to everyone else listening out there. Please remember to like, subscribe, share this episode. Uh, check out our new episodes that are coming every other week or so. And uh, also don't hesitate to reach out to myself or to Uli uh, if you've got any questions or comments. Let's continue the conversation uh, and you'll hear again from us soon. Thank you.